everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And this is Tyrion. Just kidding. He just jumped on my lap. We are so excited. We have a fun episode ahead. This is another grab bag of questions. You asked so many questions last time that we decided that we would do break it up into two parts. And I don't I don't know if this is true, but I think these ones are more fun. We have like the nostalgia and the pop culture and this the beauty and the books questions. Yeah, these were the questions I like saved my favorites for the second round, I guess. Delayed gratification. Yeah, as opposed to like career and like actually useful information. We're also feeling zesty. It's Friday afternoon. Grace, it's three o'clock. Grace peer pressured me into drinking wine over Zoom with her. And yeah, by why not? she peer pressured me, I mean that I saw her drinking wine and then I said, fine, Grace, I'll drink wine too. Yeah, I didn't push it. No. But you did it. But I did it anyway. Yeah. So before we get into it, today's episode is sponsored by Night, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. So if you're looking to treat yourself to a better night's sleep, you can use the code BOP20 to take 20% off at discovernight.com. And we'll tell you more about it later in the episode. We sure will. But in the meantime, Becca, how are you? I'm good. Quarantine-wise, you mean? Yes, quarantine-wise. We'll do highs and lows. Yeah. We have our – every week we give a quarantine update because we're now into like day 1,093. I'm I'm good. I feel like as the infection rates in New York have gotten lower, I have gotten slightly less worried. Not to say that I'm doing anything differently or acting dangerously or disobeying rules, but it just like gives me a little bit of peace of mind here in New York as the – uh, rates of new infection go down. So I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling as glued to the news. I'm not feeling as like nervous if I have to run an errand. So obviously like still wearing a mask, everything like that. But um, I'm, I'm feeling okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm feeling okay. I feel like things are getting a little bit better and easier and I'm kind of just used to it. Um, I'm trying to, one thing I've been trying to do is make sure that I like schedule time every week for like learning and being creative and exercise, though I fell very short with exercise this week um, because I feel like I'd like to say that I spent some of that time that I used to spend out at dinners and events, like learning and like kind of bettering myself a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think your exercise is going to go up. And I say that because mine has gone back up because I ordered the Bala bangles. It's like these stupid, they're not stupid, they're just ankle weights, but they're way more expensive than the dumb Amazon ones, but they're I'm cuter. still waiting for mine. Well, mine they're- came last week, and so now I feel like I've worked out way more in the last week than I had in the previous weeks, just because I was like, gotta use my bala bangles, gotta get my money's worth. You have to get your, yeah, you have to get the cost per use up. I know. Down, I mean, down. I know. So I feel like I only ordered mine like a week before yours. So I bet yours are going to come soon. Yeah. Should we do our highs and lows? Yes. Becca, what was your high this week? I feel like I need to flip flop it to explain to you the situation. So I'm going to say my low and then my high. So my low is that my anxiety is through the fucking roof this week. So mostly stress because of rom-com pods and as we get closer to the launch. And there's some behind the scenes stuff. And also just the editing process has been more fraught than any other part of the process so far. And I was talking to Rachel the other night, who's my co-creator. And I was like, I feel like the whole rest of this process has been 
deceptively easy. Like even when we were writing the script, there would be problems, but we were able to solve them. And like it it all worked out fine. And maybe it's just because we're in the middle of this that it, it feels harder. But I'm like, I don't feel like we've had enough adversity throughout this process to prepare us. And then all of a sudden it's like a really steep hill. And I'm like, oh my God, everything's a mess. Like, what am I doing? We put our own money into this. So it's like also wildly expensive. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? So I've been... Yeah, that's that's really tough. Yeah. So I've been really, really stressed about rom-com pods. And there's also been a lot of work to do with it this week. Like, I would say I probably worked 40 hours on rom-com pods this week in addition to bad on paper and my consulting work. So it's been a lot. And I've just, I've even more so like, not even that it's an unmanageable amount of work, like I'm getting it all done, but I feel like the mental toll has been really high this week. And I've just been having to go on these like really long walks, like just walk for five miles. I've just been doing loops in McCarran Park um, (laughs) to like walk off some of my anxiety. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's me. So that's my low. So my high to then explain the situation I was in when this happened so you know why it was such a big deal. So we released the trailer for Rom-Com Pods this week, like the official trailer with a preview. And I had been having such a hard week. And on Wednesday night, I got this draft of the trailer, probably like, I don't know, like 8 p.m. And I listened to it and I just started bawling. Like I started crying. It's so good. Because it's so good. And it was like as if something that existed in my head now existed in the real world. And it was just like after having such a tough week, it was just like such a needed win. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was I feel like I'm tearing up thinking about it. But so the trailer is definitely my high. If you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. Search rom-com pods, all one word in whatever podcast platform you use. And it's there. But oh my God, having that come together was definitely my high. Well, the trailer is incredible. And everything that I've seen and heard from it so far is amazing. And I think you'll you'll get the rest of it to that place where it matches up with what's in your head. I think so too. I think we're just in the messy part. Yeah. But that's my high. And then my second high is that the weather has been really, really nice. So that's been a nice treat while I'm going on these really long walks. Although before we started recording this, I just looked at the weather for next week and it looks terrible. It looks like it's going to rain every day. So I'm probably going to be listening to this podcast in the future and be like, you jinxed this. Yeah. What about you? What are, what are your high and low? Uh, it's been like a very medium week, like not bad at all, but um, like nothing is like jumping out. And I was like, that was amazing. I'd say the best part of my week was my, my aunt Jean came and visited. Um, it was not a real visit. She drove to my apartment, parked her car and stood outside of my patio and talked to me for a while. But then we did migrate into the patio where we sat on chairs, like six feet apart from each other, of course. And she brought me cookies and it was just so nice to see her and to get to spend like a little bit of time and like have that connection. Um, Cause you know, we all, we all zoom and text and FaceTime and call, but I think it's really nice to have like real human interaction. Grace, I feel like you're burying the lead. The best part about your aunt's visit was that she had on a custom, oh, yeah. was it a sweatshirt? Was it a jacket? It was a sweatshirt 
which she had Becca and my faces screen printed on. I have no idea where she got it. It's amazing. Um, she had got it because we never even got to announce this, but June 18th, we were supposed to have a live show in Chicago, which we were both really excited for. Um, it's obviously not happening anymore, but she had like booked, she was booking a trip to Chicago to come see us. She lives in Connecticut. She's like the best, the best supporter ever. And she had ordered that sweatshirt to wear to it. It was just so nice to see her. The sweatshirt was hilarious and incredible. And it was just nice to have that like human interaction. Like I would have liked to hug her, but we didn't hug. Um, So that, and then on the low front, I just think the internet is getting very negative and, I think people are kind of climbing the walls. I've just, I don't get a lot of negative messages or comments in the Facebook group. It's really always been, and this is my Stripe Facebook group, but the same could be said for the bad on paper one. I feel like um, it's not even directed at me. I feel like it's always been a really positive community. And I just have been seeing people like yelling at each other. Um, like a girl was like, I'm looking at Lake pajamas and somebody went and like attacked her for spending a hundred dollars on pajamas. And I was like, let the girl live. Like she, if she wants to spend that, you can just keep, keep going. You don't have to say something mean. So I think it like, it's just, I think it's a side effect of being stuck inside. Everyone's kind of going a little crazy, but it bums me out. Um, and I'm definitely developing a thicker skin. Like if someone says something nasty about me, I'm like, well, you're probably, you, you're probably just in the wrong place. Like I'm not your person. But when I see it in the Facebook group and like readers or listeners are, are attacking each other, that bums me out because I don't know, everyone's just kind of doing the best they can, you know? Yeah, that sucks. So that's my low. Um, it's not like, again, it's been like a pretty mild week, like nothing really terrible, nothing really amazing. But, um, I just wanted to say that because it's, I don't, I just don't think it's necessary. Like if you don't like something, you can ignore it. You can keep scrolling or you can unfollow that person. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's have a quick desperation minute. Oh, I didn't even realize what a good segue. I don't know that that was a good segue, but we're going to do it anyway. So yeah. Don't leave us a negative review. Oh, no, don't do that. Help keep our community positive. We would love a review if you haven't left one. Um, Or take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it on your story and tell your friends why you think they would like it. It's so meaningful to help us grow. I think last week is the first week that we grew a little bit since quarantine. So that made me really happy. Yeah, last week was a good week. Maybe it was Jules. He's He's the good luck charm. Yeah, he was so supportive, too. I know. He's so wonderful. Yeah, I love him. Let's take a quick break to talk about Night. So they make our favorite pillow, the best silk scrunchies, and the sleep mask that I wear every single night. Can you tell that we're kind of big fans of this brand? We love this brand. So let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about the pillow. I got mine about five years ago, and then I upgraded to the king-size pillows last year. I've been a pretty bad sleeper my whole life. When I started using this pillow, I noticed a noticeable difference in my sleep quality. So the pillow is made from memory foam, and what I love about it is that it cradles your head, but it never totally loses its shape. So if you turn over or roll around, it just rebounds. And it also has a silk case, which is wonderful for your skin and your hair. 
So can I share a post from our Facebook group? I thought this was hilarious. So one listener said, damn it. I bought the night pillow as a quarantine cozy surprise and I wanted to hate it so that I could return it because it was expensive. This pillow is everything I dreamed it would be and more. I love slash hate, but mostly love you, Grace, for this. Yes. I'm not even sorry. I really think this pillow is like, I know I like I'm saying this kind of tongue in cheek, but this pillow is life changing. Even though the pillow might be more money than you usually spend, it's something you're going to use every single night. And for me, I cannot even begin to put a price on a good night's sleep. And seriously, if you're even a little bit curious about it, buy the pillow. Night has an amazing return policy, so you can sleep with it for 100 nights. And if you don't like it, you can return it and they won't ask any questions. So one last thing, I want to give a quick shout out to two of my other favorite night products. So the first is their scrunchies. Grace, can you vouch that? I've got one. Oh, we both have one. Okay, yeah. we're both wearing one right now. I like because they don't tear your hair. Oh, it's the best. So they're silk scrunchies. They're so comfortable and they're great because they don't put a crease in your hair. So before quarantine life, I used to wear these to sleep with them um, to put my hair up when I went to bed. But now I'm basically in a 24-7 scrunchie sitch and I love them. I, I can't say enough good things. And also... Yeah. Night has an incredible silk eye mask. So my bedroom gets really bright. And so I sleep with this on every single night. And I have to say, I've had mine for over a year. It might be coming up on two years even. And it's held up perfectly. It hasn't stretched. It's not dingy at all. I really recommend it. Yes. We could go on and on and on. We haven't even talked about the sheet masks, which I am obsessed with. But they have gold in them. Um, But... I just have endlessly good things to say about this brand and their founder, Callie. She is incredible. Um, It's a female-founded brand, which obviously we love supporting female-founded brands. But if you've been even thinking about trying anything from Night, we have a discount for you. You can use code BOP20 at discovernight.com. Again, that's 20% off with code BOP20 at discovernight.com. Okay. Shall we Q&A? Yes, let's do it. What was your AIM screen name? So I had two. My first one was just Grace927. Um, oh, no, it was GCA927 because GCA is my initials. My boyfriend at the time called me GCA. Um, it's pretty straightforward. September 27th, Grace Christine Atwood. That's a very then, mature choice. I-, I can tell that you are older than me because I got my first uh, screen name in fifth grade and it shows. Okay, so I clearly am older than you and also was not allowed on the internet because I didn't get it until I was a senior in high school when I got AIM. Wow. I got it because my boyfriend was in college. He was a freshman and we got it to like keep in touch. Wait, what was your second one? Was it more, was it worse? No, I thought I I was like, I want to be more creative. So it was Graciela 981 um, and 981 I mean, sorry, and Graciela is my name in Spanish because I was actually like pretty good at speaking Spanish for a time. I spoke, I studied it in college and high school. Now I can barely speak it. Okay. Yeah. How about you? So my first one that I got in fifth grade was Angel81GRL. Yep. Oh, wow. That's what happens when, how old are you in fifth grade? Like 10 when you let a 10-year-old pick their screen name. 
Then I got older and my, my friend Jill, who, you know, was Snuggles 47. And that was my favorite. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then my second one, when I got a little older, like, I don't know, maybe high school was Becca Bell 5, B-E-L-L-L-E, which started because that was also your Instagram name it, for till like last year. It was. It was like a childhood nickname. But then you, I couldn't get it with two L's. So then there was an extra L. And then I had a five at the end. Um, and it was. Becca Bell in my phone, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. But it, then it was my Instagram handle for a really long time, too. Becca Bell with three L's. Um, but then when we started the podcast, I was like, oh, I feel like an idiot telling people that don't know me that that's my Instagram handle. So I changed it to my name. Yeah. I think I, uh, I don't know if I still have Becca Bell as a, in case Imagine I ever want to start we a Instagram. Imagine if we were like the, promoting the podcast, like think of all the tagging, like what was on it, live yeah. shows and things. And everyone was like, Grace Atwood and Becca Bell. I know. Becca I know. Bell. I know. I think I saved it in case I ever want to start a Instagram though. Yeah. I mean, I have my Finsta, which is my name and my middle name and some numbers, but. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an important question that might end the interview prematurely if you pick wrong dawson or pacey there's only one right answer here pacey okay thank god for some reason because you're blonde i thought maybe you were gonna say dawson and if you said dawson i was gonna just be like well grace that's our friendship no i've never found dawson attractive even though he was the main character he was so whiny also like joshua jackson is hot like he is definitely like in my top oh me too i really like joshua jackson Present day Joshua Jackson included, but I think like Joshua Jackson in The Skulls, which is one of my favorite movies from when I was a teenager. Oh, that's like I rewatched that recently. It's good. I own it in Apple TV. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to come down and watch it after all of this. Whenever I'm watching like a bad movie, people are like, is that on Netflix or Hulu? And usually the answer is no, I just own it in Apple TV. (laughs) Um, Who was your first kiss? Oh, so my first kiss was this guy named Blake at summer camp. And I want to say it was the summer between seventh and eighth grade. That sounds right, but I'm not positive. Sometime middle school age. And um, Blake had um, half blue hair and half yellow hair, which I thought was the epitome of cool. That was like... You do like color blocking. That was his defining characteristic that I remember. And we used to go... It was day camp, but we used to go on these like overnight trips a couple times a summer and I don't remember where we were but they were all like rowdy sleepovers when we went on these overnight trips and I remember that we kissed outside like back behind the building we like snuck off and we kissed it was not very like passionate kiss but yeah that was my first kiss who was your first kiss so I was I need to just preface this by saying I was a total late bloomer I was very nerdy I was very focused on school and running and like not much else. So I didn't like I always had crushes, but like I was also very shy. I didn't kiss anyone until my first boyfriend, my senior year of high school. You're Josie Grossy. I was. So I did at least get a kiss before graduation. And then six months later, I had sex for the first time. Wow. So I did every when I was age 17, I went to all the bases in one in a single year. Wow, you covered ground fast. Yeah, I did. No, yeah. No, it was um my yeah, my first boyfriend ever who is a really nice guy. He's married now. Um, 
But yeah. What were your family's go-to weeknight dinners growing up? Oh, we had a lot. So one thing that I always talk about, and I have the recipe on my blog, is my mom's meatballs. It's actually my grandmother's recipe. Wait, like who, del- who cooked in your house? Because your dad is a professional chef, but then my your mom. mom also cooks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're both good cooks, but and it's funny because now that my dad doesn't do it for work anymore, when I go home, he cooks. When my mom and dad are having dinner, he makes dinner most nights. But there was, but when we were growing up, my dad like probably cooked for me like maybe like 10 times and like during my childhood, he never cooked for us because he was doing it all day for work. So when he got home, it was the last thing he wanted to do. But um, yeah, so there was the meatballs. My mom makes a really good chicken rice soup, which you hate because it's really bland, but I love bland soup. Um, we did a lot of cheese toast and tomato soup. She would just melt bread and cheese in the oven and then give us like this really delicious tomato soup. That's one of my favorites. Um, she made amazing pad thai, which was funny because I grew up on Cape Cod. Which That's is, like, interesting. There's not a whole lot of like ethnic food on Cape Cod. Um, now there is, but like in the 90s, there wasn't. Um, what else did we love? Um, her Congo bars, which I made for you the other night. That's a baked good, though. I thought that was um, a I thought that was a typo. I'd, I'd never heard of a Congo bar, but it was delicious. Yeah, it's like a blondie. I Google, I then Googled it to make sure that it was a legit thing and it wasn't just my family called them Congo bars, but it's a real thing. <laughs> what about you? Um, let's see. What do I remember having for dinner as a kid? I remember always having like a protein, a starch, and a vegetable, which I will you still do that. I still do that. Oh, it was you that I was having that conversation with. I, I was trying to reference this and I couldn't remember. Um, Becca gets so upset if she doesn't have all three things in a meal. I really do. I well, not breakfast, but yeah, for like lunch or dinner, I truly do. Yeah. So I I never eat red. We never eat red meat, and I like didn't have red meat until I went to college. And um, I've grown out of this now, but I think because I didn't have red meat a lot as a child, it always made me sick when I started eating it because I think I like wasn't used to digesting it. Um, we yeah. ate a lot of like fish and chicken. Um, yeah. I also remember eating shake and bake pork chops. I remember that being. I, being a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, I remember eating like turkey chili a lot. We would always have like a side salad. I don't think we ate a ton of pasta. Definitely ate some, but like not a ton. I don't really remember. But yeah, I... It was, we ate a lot of pasta because my sister my sister was so fussy. Oh. I, w- I think I was like... I wasn't like a super adventurous eater. Like I watch Molly Chen on Instagram stories and Lily eats like everything. But or, I wasn't like... Or a pink- Zoe who eats raw garlic. That I mean, that's a weird eater. My niece eats anything that's put in front of her. Like they have to like they took her out into the garden and she started eating rocks and they had to like put her back inside. No. Um, The only thing I didn't like was did you ever have to eat lima beans when you were a kid? Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't either. I I feel like lima beans have disappeared in adult life. Yeah, I don't I don't ever see them. No. Um, But yeah, I I do feel like I always need to have a starch, a protein and a vegetable. And I, I feel like Sometimes Grace will just be like, oh, it was Alex it was just like, I made carrots for dinner. And I was like, and what else? And she was like, I just ate a lot of carrots. And I was like, no, that's not dinner. You need a protein and a starch. I do a lot of like either a starch only, like I'll have a bowl of pasta or it's like usually a protein and a vegetable. And I don't know why I don't I do that too. Eat- I, I will do that too. Like I don't usually eat them together. It's like I have my starches that I sometimes have or I have, I do a lot of protein and veggies. I will do that too. But when I see on Instagram, somebody's having a meal that like is just vegetables. I'm like, that's not a meal. Like if it's a salad with no protein on it, I'm like, no. Yeah. As Well, it could have like chickpeas and like 
beans as protein. I guess so. a vegetarian. I don't know. It's just something that is like held over from childhood where I'm like, it must have all three. It, it must. Yeah. Moving on to pop culture. Mm-hmm. What, who are your ultimate past and present celebrity crushes? Okay. So my ultimate past celebrity crush was Leonardo DiCaprio, specifically in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I loved him. And when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let me hang posters on the wall because she didn't want me to put tape on the wall or thumbtacks. So I had this walk-in closet and it was like a creepy shrine to my childhood crushes, which was mostly Leonardo DiCaprio with like a slight side of Ryder Strong, who has not aged well, in case you have not seen recently. He's not aged well. Yeah, I loved Leo as well. I loved, this is really bad because he's also like looks terrible now. I loved Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block. (laughs) I loved him so much. He was my favorite. I had so many posters of him. I was obsessed. I cried when I was not allowed to go to a New Kids concert. I mean, I grew up in Cape Cod, very sheltered place to begin with, but also like my parents were not going to drive me two hours to Boston to go see the new kids. Yeah. I also really liked Backstreet Boys when they became popular. So I guess that was probably like late elementary school, middle school for me. Yeah. I was a big fan of Nick Carter, who was also not aged particularly well. And then I guess like later, um, like more current crushes. So I would say Joshua Jackson is the crush that has prevailed through my Joshua adulthood. Joshua Jackson prevails. He's on my list too. Do you know who I have such a crush on? Scott Foley. And oh, that's a more recent one because it wasn't like I had a, a cr- I was actually team Ben in Felicity. It wasn't I as was if it's too. like a carryover. It's something that like, especially scandal era, Scott Foley. Oh my God. Oh my God. I got to meet him at the people up front party like years ago. I didn't know that. I'll, um, I'll tell I'm going to make it, I'm going to post him and I'm going to just to taunt you. I have the picture. Oh, somewhere. I'm so mad. So I follow his wife on Instagram because he has Instagram, but he doesn't post that much. But she posts a lot. So I, I just follow his wife to keep up with him on Instagram. That's not weird, right? No, not at all. Not weird at all. And then, oh, you know, another celebrity crush, which is very out of character for me, Alexander Skarsgård. He's an adult male blonde. You I know. Those. I know. I I don't know if I've he's, ever. I think he's sexy as hell. I he's love sexy him. as hell. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I have a distaste for and maybe a fear of adult male blondes. She's afraid of them. I call them AMBs. Um, everyone in my real life knows this, that I don't like AMBs. I think that all adult male blondes are creepy and they all look like they have an evil plan. Now, how, like, think about some of the guys I've dated. They have, like, dirty blonde or dark Dirty blonde, blonde is fine. It's That's like, okay. It's, like, very blonde. It's like, the very light. It's, it's like the Nordic blonde type, which Alexander Skarsgård has. But there's, like, yeah. sandy blonde is fine. It's, like, the very blonde is okay. troubling to me. But I like Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. He's an exception to my adult male blonde rule. Take the heat off me. Okay. Say something weird okay. about yourself. Okay, my crush is my number one has been for so long since Clueless is Paul Rudd. I love him. He also doesn't age. He's he aged so like fine well. wine. Um, he is my number one. I love Luke Wilson. I think he Interesting. is an absolute dreamboat. I love Joshua Jackson. Um, I love the Ryans, Ryan Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. Oh, okay. I love the Chris's, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth. I love all Hemsworths. I love Liam. I, I love them all. That's kind of my short list of crushes. 
I'm really into Chris Pine right now in um, defending Jacob. It's totally not the point, but like I get like very into a guy who can rock a Red Sox hat well. And this is part of my carryover from like growing up in Massachusetts and going to school in Boston and then living there for so long. A hot guy with a little stubble wearing a Red Sox hat. I'm like, I'm like in love. Can I add two more to the pile? Yeah. Okay. I have a crush on Mark Duplass. Do you know who that is? Oh, I love him. I love both of them. He's He like is really attractive in kind of an attainable way where yes. you're like, oh. Did you watch The League? No. You should watch that show. It's got, it's great. It's about a fantasy football league, which I didn't think I would like, but it's fun. And there's a wife and there's like wife drama too. And like, it's, it's very cute. Okay. And the Duplass brothers are in it. So I really like him. There's something attainable about him. Also, if anyone has started watching The Baker and the Beauty, so in the Israeli version, I don't know if starting to watch the American one has now like piqued your interest to go watch the Israeli one. The guy who is the lead in the Israeli one is so attractive. His name is Aviv Alush. And on his Instagram, he's not as attractive as he is in the show. But oh my God, he's so sexy. I tend to find Israeli men really, really attractive. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen this show. I've on his Instagram, like in real life, he's like a dad of five or something. So he is much more less sex symbol y than he is on the show. Okay. But whew. Yeah. If you could backpack through Europe with any celebrity, who would it be? Oh God. Um, okay. So I don't know, but I'm gonna see if I can reason my way through this. So if we're backpacking, that means that we're probably staying in lower end accommodation. So it can't be anyone who is too um, uppity because then you would have to listen to them complain the whole time. I think that because we're staying in like lower end places, there would be a lot of hijinks. I think it would need to be somebody funny. Like I think it needs to be like a comedy e person. Now the question is, who is that? Also, do I want to do I want to backpack with a male or a female? I don't know. Oh, hmm. Do you have an answer at the ready? I'm going to backpack with <laughs> with Paul Rudd, my crush. Oh, okay. It's going to be really romantic. He's funny. He seems like down to earth. Like he wouldn't, he doesn't seem like a lot of things set him off. Like he seems pretty chill. Do you think that would be weird for him to be away from his children for so long? Do you think he would miss yeah, them? Yeah, but in my little fantasy world where I backpack with celebrities, he's not married. He's not a dad. Oh, so you can also change the full circumstances of someone's existence? For, for this, I can, yes. <laughs> I would also like to backpack with Busy Phillips, I think. I think she'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Busy Phillips would be a good one. She would be really fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know who mine would be. Like, I, I can only think of Amy Schumer as a funny person in my head. And I don't know why that's the only person. We did no prep for this. I, have no, I don't think I would want to backpack with Amy. Me either. She doesn't seem like she'd be. I think she'd get cranky. I don't know. Who's a funny person that I can backpack with? Tina Fey. Oh, she Fuller? feels too old. Like Tina Fey feels like she's like past her backpacking days. Ouch. She's like two years older than me. She's in her 50s. She is? Yeah. I thought she was like 42. And well, then she- she'd be four years older than me. I've had wine. I can't do that. No, she's in her 50s. She's past her backpacking age. Like I would love to go backpacking with Oprah, but I don't think Oprah would want to go backpacking. Maybe she would. I don't think Paul Rudd wants to abandon his family and backpack with me. That's but a this consideration. Is our game. Yeah, and but, we get to pick. But that's a consideration you have to make. You have to f- you have to decide who would be somebody who would be amenable to backpacking. You can't just be like, me and Barack Obama are going to go backpacking. Like, he probably doesn't want to do that. 
Oh, I'd love to go with Barack. I'm changing my answer. Me and Obama are going backpacking. <laughs> no, that's not the point. The point is that you need to- <laughs> You're taking this way too seriously. I mean, I just think there need to be rules. It's like, oh, it has to be a celebrity that wants to go backpacking. Not that wants to go backpacking. Am I gonna is gonna want to go backpacking with me? Not that wants to go backpacking, but like, yeah, like if there's like Oprah, I feel like is a little too fancy to go backpacking, and I think that she would she would complain. She wouldn't like it. Yeah, I don't think she'd like it either. I think Paul Rudd would love to go backpacking. I don't know that he wants to backpack with me. He's going because I picked him. Okay. I don't have a good answer. Maybe I'll think of one later in the episode. Which house from a Nancy Myers film would you most like to quarantine in? So I always get the two movies confused, but it would be Diane Keaton's house, the one that she's in with Jack Nicholson. And I think it's something's got to give or oh, yeah. is it, it's complicated. No, it's something's got to give. Two, yeah. It's complicated her, her, as with Meryl Streep. Her, her, her house in the, they all have Hampton's houses, but that specific house in that movie was preferably, I mean, Jack, if we're talking crushes still, Jack Nicholson's another crush of mine. I know he's 80, but I don't care. Do you think he wants to go backpacking with you? No, he's too fragile. He's 80. Okay. But he, he could quarantine with me at Diane Keaton's house. Okay, sure. Yeah, I love him. I, I don't think, know why I love an 80-year-old yeah, so much. Yeah, that's weird. I know. Isn't The Holiday is a Nancy Myers movie, right? Yes. I would pick Cameron Diaz's house in The Holiday. Oh, that's a good one. Because also, I really would like a pool. pool. Yeah. Yes, but I'd have the beach at my Nancy Myers house in the Hamptons. Yeah, but I feel like I would like a pool more than a beach right now. Oh, interesting. I think I'd prefer a beach right now because you can go for walks on the beach. You can pick up pretty stones. You can do all sorts of things with the beach. No, I like the isolation of my own private pool. Okay. And it's proximity to my house so that I can like have dinner out by my pool or, you know, get a glass of wine from inside the house. That's key. Yeah. 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 I think this one's more to you. So what are your thoughts on Outer Banks? Because I only watched half of the first episode, enough to register that the kids are hot, but not to have any feelings on it. Honestly, I think I need to rewatch it because I don't even know what happened. I feel like it was just sexy background noise for me. Um, Sexy background noise? What a genre. I thought that the kids were all so hot. And the dad, I love the dad, but I don't think, I didn't really take away much of the plot. I think I, I was just like working and like watching it. And like taking in how beautiful everyone on the show was and dealing with my conflicted feelings about being attracted to both the parents and the children, which is upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. This category is just called things. I did a good job with this outline. Grace, who are your favorite artists? My favorite artists. Um, So there's a lot of categories here. In terms of artists that I could probably never own or, or buy from, I would say... Frank Stella, um, Alexander Calder. I have, I do have a lithograph of his. Um, David Hockney. Who else do I love? I'm like looking around my apartment for my art books. Um, for photographers, I love Norman Parkinson. I was just doing a Q and A on my story today. He's one of the most famous fashion photographers of um, the 20th century. He shot all these really cool editorials for Vogue and stuff. And that's where I got my lady who's sitting on the ostrich. Um, I love slim errands. I love, and then for like things that I save up for now, the two that I love the most are Catherine Howe. She's a really incredible artist. Um, I ha- That's the one that's like yellow and green with gold that looks like a cat holding a lollipop. 
in my in my kitchen. And then I also love um, Hunt Slonum. Big, big fan of Hunt Slonum. I think my next big investment is going to be um, a metallic painting by him that I've had my eye on for a long time, which this won't be for a long time until the recession's over. Um, and who else do I love? Oh, Andy Warhol. That's again in the category of like can't afford. I tend to like modern art and things that are really vibrant and bold. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I feel like I have fewer. I I feel like I don't know art nearly as well as you do. Um, I mean, as far as like classic or like famous artists, I mean, I love Kandinsky, but don't think that's in my price range. Love a Warhol. Probably not in my price range. Yeah. Um, As far as more contemporary artists go, I really love this artist. Um, Her name is Chrissy... Angliker. I'm, I'm not positive how you pronounce her last name. It's A-N-G-L-I-K-E-R. And it's very like um, almost kind of like impressionist style paintings with like a lot of paint globs. That sounds highly unattractive when I describe it, but I'm very into oh, her. She's amazing. Oh, sorry. But in terms of modern people now, Gina Julian, she makes my um, my op, my rainbow op art, art painting that's in my living room. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think Ashley Longshore is amazing. I don't necessarily oh, think that a lot of her paintings are would fit in my house, but I think all of the stuff she does is like so amazing. Um, yeah. Who else? I feel like I have others and I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. I know you have others because I feel like you've told me about cool artists before. I know, but I didn't do any prep for this, so they're not coming to mind. I know we didn't. We just kind of figured we'd just shoot the shit today. I think it's fun when there's less prep sometimes. Yeah, me too. What's your go-to thing to gift someone? Oh, so I I love a good candle. And it's really funny because my friend Caitlin, who lives in Boston, I still remember when we were roommates. This was like oh, over 10 years ago. And she she was like, everyone loves to give a single woman a scented candle. And she was like, like, I'm just going to sit here and burn my candles all by myself. And that kind of made me nervous because I love giving people candles. It's like one of my favorite gifts because I I love getting a good candle so much. Um, Like the Maison Louis Marie candle in number four, Boys Day Ballancourt. I probably said it wrong, is one of my favorites. Um, I love giving someone a nice bottle of wine that I really enjoyed. I love giving a book um, or a subscription to book of the month Um, or like a really nice bath. Like these are just things I really like, like baths, face masks, candles, books, or flowers or plants. Okay. I feel like this question is hard because it depends on what occasion you're gifting something to somebody and and who the person is. But Caitlin will never get a candle from me because I'm traumatized. I would say like as a small gift, my favorite thing to give people is a book because I, I want people in my life to love books that I've read that I think they would enjoy as much as I do. Do you have copies of the idea of you just like pre-wrapped in your closet to give to people? I don't. I've never gifted somebody the idea of you. I've told a lot of people about it, but I've never gifted it to somebody. It is not among my top gifting books. I feel like a book is a good small gift that I like to give somebody. I like to give people comfy things. I think mm-hmm. um, this is really weird, but Barefoot Dreams socks or like anything Barefoot Dreams. I oh also my God. a robe that I really like that I've gifted people. It's from Notori. I've gifted people a couple of times. Um, 
And then I like an experience gift. Like I like something that theoretically we could do together or they could go and do as an experience, like a gift certificate to a restaurant or for like, I don't know, some kind of class or something like more of an experiential gift. I love that. I agree. Yeah. Good coffee is another good gift too. Oh, I've never gifted anyone coffee. coffee. I used to go to um, Champion Coffee in Greenpoint and get that for people because it's so nice. Ooh, interesting. I've never had that coffee or gifted coffee or been gifted coffee. Yeah. Um, The next question is, what are some of your favorite small businesses? Okay. So the ones that come to mind for me. So Books Are Magic is a bookstore that Emma Straub, the author of All Adults Here, owns in Brooklyn. Um, Love. And it's really cute. Mega Babe, Katie Storino's brand, which Mm -hmm. I not just... I don't just love, I actually am a huge user of the thigh chafe stick. It's, I think today is a day that I'm going to go for my walk after this and I'm going to need to put on some mega babe. It's going to be hot. Yeah. I, yeah, that product is life-saving. Two past podcast sponsors that are small businesses that I really enjoy. So small packages, thinking about gifting, um, they make little occasion-specific gift kits that you can send to somebody. So if you want to get somebody like, a bunch of little gifts, but you don't want to actually curate it and go to the post office to mail it, they'll do that. And then also Nicely Noted, which is a stationary subscription brand. And um, I love getting stationary in the mail. I think it's so fun. And then I feel like I have a stash of cute cards to give to people. And unknowingly, they've sent me a couple of cards that are like so perfect for somebody in my life. And I feel like that's also, it's kind of like the same as giving somebody a book to give somebody the perfect card is like a really happy feeling. Yeah. And then my friend Lauren just started a brand last year called Henning that I worked on. And it is a plus size clothing brand. And oh, Lauren was on the podcast. And um, I'm obsessed with what she's doing. I love I love her stuff so much. I wish that I wish we could buy that buy her stuff because I think it's so pretty. Yeah. What about yours? Well, there's a lot of nepotism going on here. A lot of these people are my friends, but I legitimately love what they're doing. So the first one is Holston Lee. It's my friend, Natalie, our friend, Natalie. She's your friend too. She actually used to live in this apartment before she moved to Charleston. Um, She makes the coolest jewelry. She makes all that enamel heart jewelry I wear. She has really cool like rope jewelry and bracelets and necklaces. The second one is Candy Shop Vintage. That is my friend, Deirdre. She's so talented. She always comes up with the coolest stuff. Her latest collection was all horoscope pieces, which are amazing. Another one is Hart Haggerty. She was initially known for her tassel earrings. They were like those big silky tassels and they were so cool, but she's been doing like charm necklaces and charm bracelets and stuff like that. Um, Another one is St. Frank. St. Frank has really cool home stuff, like beautiful textiles, that sort of thing. I'm lately, I like love her candles. I have the Peru one and it smells like in two words, a sexy library. It's amazing. Ooh. Also, like I can't go – I can't even say small business without talking about my sister, Becca. I was um, just going to say, you made a little list yeah. here and she wasn't on it. And I was like, ooh, somebody's going to be in trouble. Rebecca Atwood, she's incredible. Um, her wallpapers, her fabrics, they're all over my apartment. Her pillows, her bedding. I'm so sad she's transitioning out of bedding. But she does have a collaboration with Pottery Barn and she has some beautiful bedding for them. 
Um, Cece Dupraz is a friend of mine from high school. It's really cool because like we went to high school together and now our worlds are kind of colliding all over again. But she makes amazing canvas totes and like monograms the shit out of everything, but like in a cool way, like not a stuffy, like overly preppy kind of monogram. Um, she has this face mask with the lips on it, which I got for you. Um, mm-hmm. It's like very, very cute. I have been really excited because I feel like I've influenced a lot of people and also influenced a lot of influencers. And we all bought this mask and now everyone's buying it, which makes me thrilled because Marion, the girl I went to high school with, is such a nice girl. Um, Condi, K-O-N-D-I. They make some of my favorite loungewear. It's like I would call it like the 2020 version of the juicy tracksuit. It's like a crew neck and then these like pants that kind of like puff out around the ankles are very cool. Um, and then lastly would be Hampton clothing, which is my friend in Charleston, Stacy Smallwood. And she's just the best. They actually, they dressed us for our Charleston show. They did. That was but, such a good experience picking out things in their store. The shop girls are so knowledgeable and so nice. Yes. I feel like Stacy, like in like two, like just like hanging out. I mean, now she's a good friend and I, and she could like pick out a whole wardrobe for me but like I met her like a couple of times and immediately she knew what would look good on my body and also like what I would like like my favorite thing when I would go to Charleston and also spent a lot more money on clothes than I do now is that I would go there and she'd just like have a dressing room full of clothes waiting for me and it would be bad because I'd be like I'm gonna buy one thing and then I'd walk out with like five or six things <laughs> But she's the best. She's so talented. Her store is amazing. It's just like so well curated. It's like she picks like the the three or four best things from all these different designers. And I always also learn about new designers every time I go into her store. So let's take a really quick break to talk about a podcast that we think you guys are going to like. So today we're so excited to tell you about a beauty comedy podcast, which is two of my favorite things, called Natch Butte. It's hosted by Jackie Johnson, and you guys know I love my skin care, and I love to laugh, and Jackie is right on my level. She is the queen of creams. So the podcast explores self-care and beauty in such a fun and funny way and also has an emphasis on cruelty-free products. Yeah. So the show has had some amazing guests. She's had on celebrities like Jonathan Van Ness, Darcy Carden, Danielle Fischel, and tons of celebrity makeup artists and owners of beauty brands. Guests join Jackie to talk about what's in their makeup bag and also deeper conversations about what beauty and self-care really mean to them. Whether you're a beauty junkie and you're looking for people on your level or a newbie looking for the best products to try, I think you're going to like this show. So grab your neck cream. And if you don't have one yet, don't sweat it. Jackie will help you find one. And listen to Natch Butte for a fun and informative conversations on beauty. You can find Natch Butte where wherever you listen to podcasts and new episodes drop every Thursday. Do it. Okay. Let's talk about home stuff. So how did you find your apartments? So we found our apartments because it all started with Natalie, who I was talking about earlier. Natalie's husband, Jeff, lived in this building years and years and years and years ago. It's since been, it was since falling down and everyone had to move out and then everyone moved back in and they renovated it, et cetera, et cetera. But Natalie lived here for years and years, and then she told our friend Alex about it. And then the downstairs unit below Alex became available, and Alex was like, to me, she was like, you're breaking your lease and you're moving to Brooklyn. And I was like, LOL, no. And 
The more I thought about it at the time I was 35 and living in a studio with a loft bed, I decided to be crazy and break my lease and move to Brooklyn. And I've never looked back. And then um, a year ago, is it? Yeah. A little over a year ago, the top unit became available and we got Becca to move in. Yeah. So it's all been in the family. I feel like a unit in this building hasn't gone on the market in a long time. We just like keep trying to fill it with people. Yeah. So there's only four units in the building. I'm on the ground floor. I have my own little entrance and a different address than the the other people. Um, And then there's three units in the other building. Two of them are my best friends. Yep. Yep. What's your at-home coffee routine like? Um, So lately I've been postmatesing Dunkin' because I just miss it. Um, And I'll get like four. And then I take the ice out and put it back in the fridge. (laughs) But I also like have usually have like at least two Nespresso's a a day. I have the Virtuo line and I like the Alto pods because they're bigger than the rest. I didn't realize you drank that much coffee a day. I drink like two to three coffees a day. Okay. Usually two. Okay. Although it was three o'clock and I was like, do I want coffee or wine? And I went with wine. Good choice. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Um. So I have a Capresso um, coffee team coffee machine, and it's a grind and brew. So you put in full beans, and then it grinds the beans for the coffee. And I usually make a full pot at a time, and then I put it in the fridge, and it lasts me a few days. And I have iced coffee because I only like iced coffee. And so, yeah, I have iced coffee at home, and then I put – coffee make creamer in it and my favorite flavor is cafe mocha and I tried to give up that habit and decided I didn't care about giving it up and me and my coffee mate are very happy together are you both good at keeping plants alive in your apartments what are your tips and tricks no I am very proud that the house plants I've had in my apartment so Brienne is about to turn one year old Brienne is my big bird of paradise plant And then I have three other plants in my apartment that are all alive. This is the longest I've kept a plant alive. Um, I have no tips and tricks for you outside of when you buy plants. I like to buy mine from like a smaller local shop and interrogate the person that sells them to you. Like interrogate them. I spent so much time asking them questions and writing down notes about how to take care of the plants. And I asked them so many dumb questions because I have no intuitive plant knowledge. And I think my inclination is also to water my plants because I'm like, ooh, is it too dry? Let me just water it. And then I water it too much. So I have no tips and tricks for you. We are lucky my plants are still alive, but people at plant stores tend to be nice. Grace, what about you? I... I would say that I am a black thumb in recovery. I have 12 plants in my apartment and they're all doing okay. And it's really because I FaceTime my mom quite a bit to like have her help me. I'm like, mom, what's wrong with this one? And she'll be like, honey, that's overwatered. That's underwatered. That's not getting enough light. I also highly recommend Google. Like just, I mean, always, if you buy a plant, get the name of what it is. And I do a lot of Googling. Yeah. Same. What is one thing to splurge on and one thing to save on when moving into your first apartment? So I would think, I think that it's what I would do is I would splurge on the things that you definitely need, right? Like your bed, your couches, 
Those are like the most important. And then you might have like an emptiest, emptier apartment. I'm not a big fan of buying cheap furniture just to have something. I think it's important to not do that because it's really bad for the planet. And also like, I think it's really, I, you know, I see this in the blogging world. I see it a lot where people just like are constantly turning over their furniture because they buy something that's not well made. So don't do that. Like buy, get your bed sorted and get like your couch sorted and then slowly add to it. That's what I did when I moved to Brooklyn because I basically moved to Brooklyn with an, with a mattress because my bed had been lofted. I didn't even have a real bed and a couch that was white that had turned blue from denim jeans. So I bought a new bed. I kept that terrible white couch and put a blanket over it for a while. Then I got new couches and slowly got a dining room table. But I would just say take it slow and get the things that you really need. In terms of inexpensive things, I think that Target has a lot of really good accent pieces. Like my accent tables came from Target. Um, I think West Elm has some great stuff that's really affordable, like chairs for your dining room table I got from West Elm. Um, I'm like looking around. I I do think that Target is pretty underrated for accent stuff. I just think the biggest tip I have is to just do it slowly and take your time versus like rushing to like finish an apartment and then being like a year later throwing stuff out and replacing it with nicer stuff. Well, this person said moving into their first apartment. So I think they're going to be like broke for a while. Who knows? Maybe they're like coming up fast. But I would say, okay. Wait, I have a changed answer. Oh, okay. I changed my answer based on that. Um, I would say you can get some great stuff at Goodwill. Like my first couch was from Pottery Barn and we got it at Goodwill. Um, We got a lot of stuff from Urban Outfitters and that was really affordable. And we stocked Craigslist. Like I got my, we had like a small set of table and chairs we got on Craigslist. We got our mirror on Craigslist, which I got when I was 25 and had just moved to the city and I still have it at this age. So I think that you can find a lot of good things if you if you hunt. Okay. I would say spend money on a couch because it will be the place that you probably sit the most. And then also if you have friends over, like it will be your communal area. So spend money on your couch. The Ikea couch is so uncomfortable. And like, I feel like it comes apart. Don't do that. So I would say spend money on a couch. Don't don't go to Ikea. I'm no, not- I think you can go to Ikea. I still have an Ikea dresser and I think it's great. Like, I think there's certain things that Ikea makes that are like, I have a ki- you have a kitchen cart from Ikea. We have the same kitchen I do. Cart. I have a kitchen cart from Ikea and I also have my shelves in my bedroom from Ikea. Yeah, like I definitely think there's Ikea things that you can buy. I just don't buy the couch. Um, buy the couch. I think overstock.com has really good rugs. They're way less expensive than oh. full price. Same with Rugs USA. I got all my sisal rugs from Rugs USA and they were cheap. Yeah. I like overstock.com for rugs. I agree. Target has really good table-y stuff. Like my desk is from Target. It's from the Opal House line and it's really good quality for flat pack furniture. It's so cute. Yeah. It's really cute. But yeah, spend on the couch. Agree. And your bed. Your bed is where you... I also just spend so much time in bed that I like to have a nice bed. Um, How did you come up with a design vibe for your apartment? So I worked with an interior decorator. So I had an idea of what I wanted and that I had like reference images from Pinterest, but I didn't have a cohesive idea of what I wanted. And so I worked with a designer. I had been following her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Emma Barrel, E-M-M-A-B-E-R-Y-L. And she was fantastic. And she helped me to hone in on what I wanted and then source all of the furniture for my apartment and then style it. I realized that that's not in everyone's budget and that in your city, you might not have 
access to that. Um, but yeah, that was something I, I feel like I'm wishy-washy or I'm just like intimidated to pull the trigger on big purchases. So I think that having an interior decorator forced me to do my apartment all at once, which is against what Grace just said. But it wasn't a money issue. It was more like otherwise I would just waffle forever and like it would be half decorated. I think it just depends on where you're at in life. I was giving that advice for someone who was on more of a budget. But um, for me, I talk to my sister a lot. I talked to I have my friend Nick who lives in Charleston has the absolute like best taste in home stuff. Like I was brainstorming what the hell to do about my floors because I didn't want to spend thousands of dollars to put in wood floors in a rental apartment. And he had the idea to paint them. Um, my sister helped had the idea of making a Pinterest board for all of your furniture, which is kind of like a high, a low, like a low rent version of what Becca's designer did for her. Like it really helps to see like what your rug is going to look like next to your chairs and things. And we would just add stuff and then delete it as we decided we didn't like it. Um, I look at a lot of design books. Like I just like love design and art books. Like if you came over and saw my coffee table, it's like, that's what they're covered in. I also love architectural digest, not because I can afford anything in there, but because I get so much inspiration looking at other people's homes and also um, boutique hotels. I think that you can like get a lot of apartment inspiration from looking at those types of things. Okay. Yeah. Shall we move on to beauty? Yes. Beauty. Beauty. If you had to use only five beauty products, which would you choose? Oh boy, that's very hard. I would say the pharmacy cleansing balm. It's wonderful. It's my favorite cleanser. It just takes off all your makeup, but leaves it super soft. Then I would say the Aquil toner, which I love. It's for, you can get it at Soko Glam. Then of course the Dr. Botter cream because I am obsessed with it. It's the best. It's the best face cream I've ever tried. I I'd be lost without it. Um, and then I would probably say an eye cream. Which eye cream am I loving right now? Honestly, the Olay Retinol eye cream, I love it so much. Like I know that as I recommend like a $200 moisturizer, it's weird to then be like, and this $30 eye cream, but it's really good. And I think it makes a noticeable difference around your eyes. And I would say mascara because I just, I don't have it on right now. And I feel like I look terrible. I miss, I, I love mascara right now. I really love the Tarte C Curl mascara. It, um, doesn't flake off at all and it just leaves your lashes really pretty and glossy looking okay all right so i would do walita skin food which is a newer obsession i didn't used to like it because i thought it smelled too strong but now i've really acclimated to the smell it's my favorite i love it i should have put it in there but since i could only pick five it would feel like overlap with that and butter yeah i feel like i'm picking mine is like it's like all purpose i could put it anywhere it does everything so i'd pick walita skin food then I would pick Vintner's Daughter, the serum. Mm-hmm. And then I would pick the Bioderma Micellar Water. Mm-hmm. I guess in this example, I'm not wearing makeup, so it might actually be a bad pick. But it is one of my like all-time holy grail products. And then I would pick the Bite Agave Lip Mask, which is Love. my favorite lip treatment thing. And then I would pick Olaplex Number 3, which is a hair mask. Now... If we're being very stringent on this, which I think I'm the only one being, I then don't have shampoo and conditioner. So, I mean, I don't know why I'm using a hair mask if then I can't wash it out. But 
I'm going to assume that this is Grace's backpacking through Europe rules and that, you know, I have access to other things. I just don't get to choose them. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Okay. Grace, what are your thoughts on Botox? I don't know why I said I, that weird. I'm not against it, but I don't, I've never done it. I'm very afraid of needles. Like literally have passed out of the doctor's office getting a shot or drawing blood. Like hate it. So don't want to do any involuntary needles. That, I mean, any voluntary needles. You guys know what I mean. Um, that being said, I'm not against it. I will probably do it at some point. Like I just don't do it yet. For maintenance, I love my new face. I think it makes a really big difference. Before all of this happened, I would get microcurrent whenever I went to Globar, and I love that. I love a good peel. I think a peel is a really good way to have your skin look really fresh right away. I like the Dennis Gross peel, and I like the Goop um, peel. Sorry, you guys. My cat is literally eating the microphone. Um, what else do I do for maintenance? I've heard really good things about LED, and I got Dr. Dennis Gross LED mask, but frankly, I can't really see much of a difference but the new face is where it's at and microcurrent facials when we can get facials again how about you becca's all botox all day um i've never had botox i am not against it in any way and will probably have it at some point but i don't feel like i need it right now um the one thing about botox that i i do not like and i feel like this is an opinion that some people might come for me over when people say they do preventative Botox, and I'm talking about this like my friends, like people I know who do it, I cannot stand that because I don't believe it. It's like, how do you know what your face would look like otherwise? They're like, well, I just consistently do it and then I never get wrinkles because like my face doesn't go that way. And it's like, how do you know that it's not just genetics? I don't know. I don't necessarily believe in doing it before you need it. That's my yeah, controversial I, opinion. I feel like that's like a little bit of a scam, but I'm not sure because I just think don't think you ever know. Like Katie Storino was talking about how she's been getting Botox since her late 20s. Yeah. And then she got it preventatively. I'm like, well, how do you know that you actually really need it? Totally. I agree with that. But we'll never know. We never will. We'll never know. And she looks great. So she should keep doing what she's doing because her skin's amazing. Yeah. What but I don't get the preventative me thing. Me I'm also scared shitless of needles and don't like spending unnecessary money. What is your skincare routine in quarantine? It's very bougie. I do masks like every night. I take baths every night. I use my new face while watching TV. I mean, you got to have something you can focus your energy on. And mine has been focusing on my skin. We are on very opposite sides of the spectrum. I, If I put on moisturizer, it is a good day. I your have. skin looks great via Zoom, by the way. Thanks. I did put on moisturizer today, so we're having a good day. Um, yeah, mine is very minimal. It's basically moisturizer, sometimes eye cream. That's about it. I've done maybe two masks in quarantine. Um, but I did buy, I bought a few new things during the Sephora sale and I bought a face cream that is not natural or clean. I bought the Charlotte, the Charlotte Tilbury magic cream. Oh, it's just like La Mer. You're going to love it. I know. I've, I've used it before. I used to use it a long time ago oh. and I can't remember why I stopped. I think I went to it went through it too fast and I was like this feels it's too so expensive nice. but I'm really into that and it smells so good too I miss the fragrance mm -hmm. of it and I rebought the Biosance um squalene and peptide eye gel which I've used on and off for years and I really like so I feel like having oh my god I just threw that out I wish I knew oh well that's okay I didn't like it because it's not hydrating enough but my skin's so dry oh I like it um I like the texture of it too so I feel like having something 
new stuff has made me more excited to do a little skincare. But yeah, on the whole, almost nothing. Yeah. Becca, what's your favorite skincare product ever? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I would say probably either the Goop Night Cream, which I didn't pick in my thing because I picked Willita Skin Food because I feel like I could use that all over my body. Um, But the Goop Night Cream I really, really like. Or maybe Vintner's Daughter, but I don't feel like you could use that alone. I don't know why I'm making so many arbitrary rules There's about no this. There's no rules here. It's just what's your favorite out of everything. What's yours? You still get Dr. Botter. Oh, Dr. Botter. Yeah. Yeah. It's Augustina's Botter, if anyone's curious. I've talked about it so much that you probably know what I'm talking about. Should we talk about books? Yeah. Okay. So we got so many book questions. And if you haven't listened to it already, we have a full book episode. And then we also have another book episode about reading nostalgia. So like childhood reading. So we do. definitely check, check out those, out those if you have book questions, because our opinions, I don't. I don't take back anything I've said in those. I stand by those opinions. So yeah, lots of book content. But Grace, the people want to know, what is the worst book you've read all the way through? Fleischman's in Trouble. I hated it so much. Ooh, I liked it. Hated. What about you? It is probably that dumb book we picked for our book club. Oh. Listen to Your Heart. That's it, worse. I agree. It was so bad. It was this... Okay, so we picked it for our book club the first year of our podcast. It was like probably six months into the podcast. We were doing YA fiction, and it was about a it was about two teens who started a podcast. And I before it came out, I was like, Grace, this sounds perfect. We need to do this. Grace is wearing her cat like a stole right now, just so you know. He does not look happy. So later when he scratches her in the face, we will not feel bad for her. And this book was terrible. In retrospect, it was maybe more middle grade fiction than YA. But in terms of the characters, the main character's key interest was water sports, which is too vague an interest. That's not a specific thing. And it just kept referencing her love for water sports. And I was like, what does that mean? Worst, worst book ever. It was so bad. It was very bad. Grace, I still feel so sorry that we made you guys read it. I feel sorry for making them read it, but I do think it was one of our funniest book club episodes because it was so bad and we just ripped the book to shreds. And that's when we started vetting our books ahead of time, although we didn't vet this month's book, but it was great. Um, Okay, Grace, if you had to suggest one book to somebody with no qualifying questions, which book would it be? The Idea of You. Okay. I think mine would be The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, yes, that's the best. Because it hits so many genres. So it's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And um, it's historical fiction. It has a love story. It has a mystery. Like, I feel like it just hits so many buckets that, like, no matter who you are, you would probably like it. I agree. Um, What's a book you had to read for school that you hated and then one that you loved? Ooh, okay. So book that I hated... um, I feel like I had to read Wuthering Heights. Hated Wuthering Heights. I feel like I had to read it twice for some reason. Maybe I read it once in high school and once in college. Did not like it. In terms of a book I did like, I feel like we had to read... um, Let's see. In terms of a book that I did love, I love um, To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf. And that was a book that I read in school that I remains one of my favorite books. What about you? I am totally blanking. I think 
one that I loved was of mice and men in 1984. I really loved, um, one that I the really dragged for me. I just remember reading Grapes of Wrath and being like, this book is never going to end. Oh, my God. It's never going to end. That's also how I feel about The Old Man in the Sea. Oh, yes. yeah. And it's such a classic, so I don't want to shit on it. Oh, another book that I had to read in high school that I loved was in my AP history, U.S. history class. We had to read Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. And I actually then bought it as an adult again and reread it because it's it's really good. It's in, it's interestingly written. It's it's really smart and you just learn a lot. Like it's like the whole country's history in a short and well, it's like a thousand page book, but it's in a short in book. book. <laughs> I didn't mean a short book, but I meant like in one book. Okay. How do you find the books that you read? Um, it's a lot of Instagram and recommendations and publicists telling me things. Also, like Amazon always looks at what I've read and is constantly suggesting things. I buy all my books on bookshop.org now, but I still do buy things on Amazon and it's always telling me books to read. Um, and Ashley Spivey, because Ashley Spivey just knows her books so well. I think we have a lot of really well-read friends, but the one friend that like, if she recommends something, I know I'm going to absolutely love it. That's Ashley. Yeah. Besides you, you're also a big driver in what I read. Oh, and book of the month. Yep. I agree with all of those. I think I probably get my most of my recommendations from Bookstagram from people I follow who are reading books that then sound interesting to me. Um, I also really use Goodreads a lot. So I see what people I'm following who are mostly friends and some of them are podcast listeners are reading. And I get a lot of tips from that. And I also scour the um, top new releases and then the um, upcoming releases charts on Goodreads. And I find a lot through that. Um, And then Goodreads also has a a function where it tells you if an author that you've read a book from has an upcoming book. So I feel like I I get a lot through that too, finding authors that I, I already like who have upcoming releases. And then yeah, publicists and like things that just show up. And sometimes I'm like, this sounds great. Is there a book that you find comforting to reread? Oh, I'm a, I am a rereader. I like rereading books. So um, I just reread The Idea of You, which we can talk about later in the episode. I don't know that I would say it was comforting, but I did enjoy it. I reread Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert every year. And again, it's not quite a comforting book in that it reminds That's me of my childhood. That's more of a self-help book. Yeah, but I do find it comforting in that like it re-energizes my creativity. Yes. Which is a different comfort than like nostalgia. I can't think of any like childhood books or nostalgic books that I I reread a bunch of times. I'm sure there are some. I I am a pretty big rereader. You're not. Do you, do you have anything that you reread for comfort? No, I w- rewatch movies for comfort. I don't reread. Okay. Unless I'm forced to for the podcast. <laughs> um, which celebs besides Jess do you wish would write a tell-all book? I feel like my answer for this is so bad. I don't know. I don't really, I I really don't care about celebrity culture, but at the same time, when I read Jess's book, I was fascinated by it. So I feel like someone just needs to tell me that I need to read it. And then I'm like, all right. And then I'll love it. 
So I have two answers. So the first one is that because Jess's book was so compelling, I am dying for Ashley Simpson to write a book. Yes. Because now I agree there. I feel like there's an untold story that would complement Jess's book that I'm dying to read. So I would really like Ashley Simpson to write a book. And then also the Taylor Swift Miss Americana documentary was so good and I liked it in a way that I didn't expect to, that I would love to read. I mean, frankly, any big starlet of this time, like I would love to read what the experience behind the scenes was. But like Taylor Swift stands out as somebody that I'd be really interested. Selena Gomez, because she dated Justin Bieber and like all that. Like if if any big starlet was willing to write a memoir that was like as juicy as Jess's, like I would absolutely read it. Yeah, I agree with your answers. If you were to write a book, what would it be about? If I were to write a book, it would be fiction. It would probably be a rom-com or like a contemporary romance. I mean, I feel like that is the genre that I read most. So that's the genre that I feel most versed in. So yeah, it would probably be like some kind of like contemporary, like chiclet type book. What would yours be? So one of my favorite books of all time, which I actually have reread, is I was told there'd be cake by Sloane Crosley. And it's a book of just random funny essays. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read. It's so good. And I just, I remember reading it and being like, I would love to someday write a book like this. Just like short stories from my child. I had a very interesting and weird childhood. And also just like memories from high school and college. I always have weird stories. And I think I would love to write a book of of like funny essays. Would eating the goldfish be one of your essays? Probably not. I don't think it's that funny. I think you think that's so funny. I think it's the most wild story I've ever heard you tell. I guess it's just like not that funny. I don't know. We So guys, this background in my sorority to get when we got into the sorority, like when we finished pledging, everyone gets a bottle of champagne and we have to eat it live goldfish. But that's not the wild part. The wild part is that Grace estimated that she then ate a dozen goldfish over time because she thought it was a funny prank. It was funny. I don't know. I just, I would be drunk and I was like, yeah, I'll eat one. You don't even notice. And it just breaks down in your stomach acid. It's like sushi. It's, it's, that is wild. That is wild (laughs) to me. Do you think you could write a thriller? I didn't know if that was going to be your answer, but I feel like that would be really hard to write a thriller. I love thrillers so much, but I'm going to be honest, you guys, I'm just not clever enough. Like, I think I'm clever in other ways. I'm not like saying this to fish for compliments, but to write a really good thriller, you need that like amazing twist that just like stabs people in the gut and they're like, oh, oh my God. And you're like just rethinking everything. Like everyone would guess my twists like way ahead of time. I told Grace before this that I was going to write a thriller because we were waiting to record the podcast and the ice cream man was outside and it it you know, like this song the ice cream man plays and it fucking kills Grace and annoys her so much. So I'm on the ground floor and every like loud thing is like magnified down here. So we were waiting to record until the ice cream man left. And I was like, is it really loud downstairs? Can you hear it? Or can we record? And she was like, no, I'm about to murder him. And so stab, stab stab him. I'm about to stab him. So I told her that I was going to write a lifetime movie about her experience. And it was going to be the influencer who had everything going for her in life, who then uh, in a random act of violence stabbed the ice cream man. um, And then it would be her story. I'd read that thriller. Yeah, I would too. I would have to embellish a lot of it. 
because I think the story itself would not be that interesting. But yeah. Yeah, my story wouldn't be that interesting. I don't think I could write a thriller. I think think a thriller is so hard. Yeah, and it has to all make sense because I feel like there's nothing less satisfying than when you get to it, the end of a thriller and it hasn't been well like weaved through enough and then you're like that that doesn't that's too arbitrary you know mm-hmm. so it has to be a balance between like something truly wild but something that then when you go back through it you're like oh yeah that makes sense. yes exactly yeah. it's it's an actual art and I know we rag on all these trashy thrillers but it's an art I don't think I could do it yeah I wonder if there's a formula because I feel like having written rom-com pods and like read a couple books about screenwriting and writing a novel like their books and movies are more formulaic than you might think I didn't read any of the chapters about mysteries or thrillers but I don't know last question what is the best thriller you've read the best thriller I've read I mean I gotta say Gone Girl because it kind of just like it tore me in half I'd never experienced a twist like that and I was like oh my god um but then also the more recently it's not out till June 2nd but it's called The Last Flight and that was fantastic that was an Ashley Spivey recommendation so good I'm looking over at my bookshelves as if an answer is going to pop out at me. Oh, I really loved, um, is it a thriller to say we came here to forget? Kind of. I guess that's not quite fully a thriller, but that would definitely qualify for me. So good. That was a great book. Yeah. We're just unsure if it's a thriller. We're not unsure if it's a good book. We're sure about that. Shall we get into some end matter? Yes, let's do it. What about Instagram? What are you on Instagram? Nothing. I don't have one. What do you have? So mine, I have two. So one is Mark, M-A-R-C dot A-N-G-E. And I found him because I was cleaning out my Instagram. And like, you know how you can look at Instagram and see your least engaged with accounts? Mm-hmm. And he was on there. And I was like, shit. So I went through and liked like 100 of his posts. Who is he? Because he's a designer. And he makes these amazing like palm tree beds like out of enamel metal. Like he did one for the Beverly Hills Hotel. He's fantastic. Oh, I remember he's- who this is. The other one is called Cara Cara. It's C-A-R-A-C-A-R-A underscore N-Y-C. So they reached out to me and they were like, we want to send you a dress. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And then I looked at their line sheets and they are a dream. And my dress came today. So it has like, you. I don't know if you'd like this, but it's got like a square neckline and puff sleeves. And it's like really fitted up top and then it flows out and it's covered in citrus fruits. Ooh. It is my new favorite dress and I cannot wait to wear it. I have nowhere to go, but I put it on today, like literally just to sit and work at my desk for like an hour. And then I decided to put my sweatpants back on. It is the prettiest dress I've ever seen. And I love it so much. Maybe you should have girls night with the Graces this weekend. Yeah, we might have to have girls night just to wear this dress. What are you obsessed with? Obsessed with? Well, I'm obsessed with Cara Cara, um, but really it's all about TV. So I watched Hollywood. I cannot recommend it enough. The set design, the locations, like a lot of it is at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which I obviously love. It's my favorite place. Um, I just love it. The acting is great. I have a huge crush. I forgot to mention him. David Corinsolet. He was in um, The Politician. He's just like this like absolute dreamboat. He's only 26. So I feel a little bit like a dirty old lady. But he's so cute. Um, and then I like cried my eyes out in the finale. The show starts out like kind of slow and like, eh, do I like this? And you're not sure. But by the end, it's so strong. And the other one is called Upload. It's on Amazon Prime. So 
Hollywood's on Netflix. Upload is on Amazon Prime. And it's kind of morbid. It's about, so basically imagine that you know you, you're going to die soon. You can actually upload yourself into this new digital world. And then you'll live in this digital world. And it's weird because you can like email people who are still in like real life and things. And like you're living in this like beautiful hotel. It's it's sci-fi and it's funny. And it reminds me a little bit of The Good Place. Like it's each episode is only half an hour long. It's fun. Oh, and I don't interesting. Usually, I love I The usually, Good Place. I think you'll like this show. I don't usually like comedy shows. Like I thought The Good Place was fine. The, and this is like still only like medium to good for me. But – I think it's great. Okay. Yeah. So mine is Codenames, which is a game that I've been playing with my um, group text Zoom. So, okay. So you go to horsepaste.com, which I I know this sounds so weird. So you go to horsepaste.com and you generate a link and then you can send it to everyone that you're playing with. So everyone has the same board. And I never played Codenames before, but I think it's something that people play offline like at game nights and things so basically you have like a bingo board full of words and then there's two teams there's a red team and a blue team and each team has like a third of the words and then there's a third of the words that are nothing and so basically you have to give a clue to tie together as many of your words as you can and get your teammates to guess it without having them guess the wrong words I'm not explaining this super well it is so fun. I mean, I think you can probably tell that I'm deeply competitive. And also, most of my friends are also deeply competitive. We have been playing code names during our Wind Down Wednesday group chat. And then we've also been playing it like on the weekend too. It is so fun. I feel Ooh. like with Zooms, like now that we've been in quarantine for what, like 10 weeks, it's like at some point, it's like, how are you? And it's like, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah, I know. Everyone's I'm, like, how are you? Like, what's new? I'm like, literally nothing is new. I'm the same. I have nothing to tell you. Exactly. So this has been really fun because it's something that we can play. And our Zoom is like 10 people. So you can play with a big group, but you only need four people to play. Um, Yeah, it's been fun. I highly recommend it if you're looking for something to do on your Zoom happy hours. Fun. What about books? Okay. So I reread The Idea of You. Because I was getting so jealous of all of the people that were tagging me in their Instagrams saying that they were reading the idea of you for the first time. Oh, my God. I know. And I was like, this would be the perfect time to read the idea of you. So I was feeling jealous of them. So I reread it. It holds up. This is my third time reading it. I read it and then I reread it for our book club when we did a book club episode. And then I reread it now. It's great. It's so great. It holds up. I mean, there's not really the element of what's going to happen because I know what's going to happen, but oh, it was great. So then I read this book called On the Island by Tracy Garvis Graves because- That's on its way to me. Okay. So Ashley Spivey recommended this. She did like a Q&A on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and she recommended this because somebody asked, what book have you read that is most similar to the idea of you? So she said, this book. So I bought it. Without reading the description, I just clicked, I swiped up, bought it. Was The description sounds a little, I don't know if I'm going to like it based on the description. So then the description. Isn't it about a teacher fucking a student? Kind of. So basically the premise is that this woman who's a 30-year-old teacher. 
goes to the Maldives for the summer to tutor this kid who used to have cancer and is behind in school and he's 16. But then their plane crashes and they end up on a deserted island. So it and then they fall in love. And um, I read the description and I was like, oh, hell no. This is so creepy. But I posted on my Instagram story and a lot of people wrote back and they were like, I loved this book. This book was so good. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. Even the though the reviews on this are so mixed. So, okay. So it kind of ruined it for me, Ashley Spivey saying that it was the closest book to the idea of you. And after having finished it, I do get what she meant about it, where it's kind of like this like deep love story that's kind of like between two unexpected people and like the deck is stacked against them. So in that way, it is a similar love story. But the circumstances, like the type of book is totally different. So I was really in my head comparing it to the idea of you. I ended up liking it, but I didn't love it. But I will say it was not as creepy. It wasn't creepy. I was expecting it to be very creepy and it wasn't. Okay. It's on its way to me. I'm going to read it soon. I'm I'm not sure where I'm going to stand. I read it on Sunday and it took me like five hours to read it. So it's like a very quick read and I was engrossed okay. the whole time. So it's not that I don't recommend it. I just don't think that it was, it wasn't like, what's the best romance you've read? One, the idea of you. Two, on the island. Like that, it, that wasn't it for me. Okay. But it, it was not creepy. I will clarify that. So now I'm reading Writers and Lovers by Lily King. And this is my book of the month pick in March. I don't know what month it is. Um, in March, I think. And it's set in the 90s. And it's about this woman who is a writer. And um, she works at a restaurant. And she's like super broke. And um, I think there's a love triangle, but I haven't gotten to the love triangle yet. But I'm really enjoying it. It kind of feels like Sweet Bitter. So if you enjoyed Sweet Bitter. Oh, I love Sweet Bitter. I think you would like this. And yeah, I, I'm really liking it. I think I'm going to finish it tonight. I'm like 100 pages in. Fine. What are you reading? So I finished Happy and You Know It. And that was one of my book of the month picks. I loved it. So it's about um, this woman who... She was in a band and they made it big and they kicked her out like just right before they made it big. And so she is really struggling and she's not sure what to do. And she gets this weird job working as a playgroup musician. So she like sings to the kids at this playgroup of these very affluent um, women who live on the Upper East Side. But she ends up falling in love with the women. They're all like multifaceted and cool and interesting. There's one who's an influencer, one who is like, kind of a, was a career badass and is now at a stay, a stay home, at home mom and really struggling with it. Um, it's great. There's like a little mystery that unfolds. It's, I loved it. It was fun. Um, the second book that I'm now, so apparently this book is slightly controversial. I didn't realize that when I started reading it. So this is also a book of the month pick, but I was in this case, I was sent an advanced copy. Lydia Hurt sent it to me, Becca. Um, it's called The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. And Sue Monk Kidd is one of my favorite authors. She wrote The Secret Life of Bees. She's just, she's prolific. She spent, she spent eight years writing this book. Um, it's really well researched. It's amazing. But it is the, it's historical fiction, fiction people, fiction, about Jesus's fictional wife. So basically imagine if Jesus had a fictional wife, like what that their life would look like together and what, it would be. I'm about 300 pages and I'm not done and I'm loving it. It's really well researched. It's very respectful to Christianity. Like I, somebody 
somebody went on a tirade in my DMs about this book to me and then they blocked me. So I didn't even get to like justify myself to them. But they were like, I can't believe you would read this. This book is blasphemy. It's destroying the Christian religion, which I didn't take that away at all. Like I was raised in a Christian household. Like I believe in God and Jesus. Like I don't, I, I generally keep religion off of my platforms, but it was a little bit shocking to like get yelled at in this manner because I don't, that's not what I've taken away from this book at all. I'm taking away that it's historical fiction and a kind of like what if book. And I'm fascinated by it. The character is so strong. She's wonderful. It reminds me a lot of the red tent. Oh, I I love the red tent. I think you would love this book. I love it. And I was not going to read this. Like I said yes to it because I love the author And also our friend is the publicist behind it or like her company, I think. I don't know if she's directly the publicist, but it is it's such a good book. It's so engaging. It's fiction, though. And I think maybe people get upset when when um, creative liberties are put upon a religion. But I think that you just have to remember it's fiction and it's meant to be just an interesting story. And it's a story. It's not the Bible. It's not proclaiming to be true. It's really interesting. It's really well written. And I just love it. And the only reason that I chose to read this book was because my mom was reading it. And we're kind of in a two-person book club of our own. Like Besides the books you and I read together, it's been fun. My mom and I have been reading books together because she just got book of the month as well. But um, I can't recommend it enough. I just was really shocked to see, like, I got a lot of DMs, like, saying that the book is blasphemy, which I I don't think is further from the truth. And also people being like, I don't think I'd like it because it sounds religious. And I'm like, it's not religious. Like, it's just an imaginative book about if Jesus was a dude who had a wife and their story together. I've gone on for too long about this, but it's a great book. Well, I'm glad that you like it. I don't know that I'll read it. But maybe other people will come join your one-person book club. It's a two-person book club. My mom's in it. Oh, okay. My mom and me. So if you are looking for something to read and none of those tickled your fancy, we have our May book club coming up. I haven't read the book yet. Grace has, and she said it was great. Loved it. The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. It is, from what I understand, a comedy horror. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a it's kind of like a horror, but it's also about the friendship between these women. Um, there's a vampire, there's a murder, there's several murders. It's it's gruesome at times. Like there are scenes in this book that I my skin crawls thinking about them. I don't want to give too much away, but it's wonderful. And outside of that, you can catch up with us in our Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram at that on paper podcast. And I am at on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. She's also on Instagram at romcom pods. Oh, you thank follow you. Them. I am on Instagram at Grace Atwood and I blog every single day, sometimes twice a day because it's quarantine at the stripe.com. Great. See you next week. Bye guys. Bye.